Good morning, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Grow with Greg, where we learn all about anything from growing your own food uh, to uh, life lessons, life opportunities, uh, community involvement, sustainability, ecosystem, you name it. Um, thanks for joining us again this morning. I am extremely excited to have a very special guest with us this morning. And before we introduce our guests, I want to remind you guys to uh, subscribe to our podcast on any of your podcast platforms and be sure to share this episode or other episode, episodes that you may find the content, our guests, some of the topics that we talk about. If you find it helpful, um, please share that in your social media platforms to help to get the word out to us. All right, so moving on to our very special guest. This morning we have Mr. Mark Valdez uh, from the Alliance Theater here in Atlanta. Um, I'd like to, you know, introduce Mark and talk a little bit more about him, but I don't always do the best job. So what I'll do, I'll just um, share a little bit of the knowledge that I've learned about Mark, and then I'll turn it over to you, Mark, to further explain yourself and what you're currently up to. That work? Sounds good. Awesome. So folks, Mark Valdez, he's an artist, a cultural organizer, and a consultant. And he partners with communities, organizations, civic institutions, and other uh, and others using theater and creative tools to address community needs and to lift up community voices and stories. And we were um, communicating with the Alliance Theater, which is a well-known historic theater here in Atlanta. And we had the perfect opportunity to have you on our podcast this morning. So, Mark, welcome. And thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Greg. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Appreciate the invitation. So tell us a little bit more about you, Mark, your, your origin, why theater? <laughs> tell us, give us some background history on who Mr. Valdez is. Uh, sure. Uh, I, I grew up in Texas. Uh, my parents were migrant farm workers. And so uh, they were moving around. And uh, I, think kind of, uh, I think by the time I was you know, probably like in first grade, we had we'd kind of settled and, and were living in one place. But uh, but I think kind of there's something about that that moving around early childhood that um, I, I I just got interested in, in imagination you know like uh, when when our parents were were off kind of working the fields which is you know, pretty much every day we would have to in, in some ways just kind of you know the kids would all like play together and so um, imagination and, and just kind of um, giving ways to um, to kind of a make-believe world, uh, I think was just kind of something I latched onto kind of really, really early on. And so I, I think that's been a big, a big part of, of my interest in theater. Yeah. I, I, I grew up in Texas and I think I was 21 years old before I saw the first Latino on stage. And I, I, I'm a Latino. And, um, and so I think for a long time, I, I wasn't sure if there was room for me in, in this profession, in this field, because I just, I couldn't see examples, but I, I always loved the stories, like, like the, the stories, the characters, the worlds were always interesting to me. And so I, I just kept at it. And, uh, and so here I am. Oh, wow. 
Wow, interesting. So did, did you start in school or, you know, grade school, elementary school, just doing plays or how, how did you know this was your space? Yeah, I, 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 my memory of the first play I saw was like when I was in third grade. I think we, we grew up in a small rural town in, in West Texas. And, and our class went to the, to the high school to see the play that the, the high school students were doing. And I think it was like maybe like Androcles the lion or something. I remember there being a lion. And, uh, and it looked like they were having so much fun. Like it just, it was like this fun, interesting, cool thing. And, uh, and it just, it lit something. And, and then I, I didn't, I really didn't think about theater again. It just wasn't part of our family. It wasn't part of our upbringing. So it wasn't until like high school, really, that um, I took a theater class and uh, just reading the reading the plays just got me excited and, and was interesting. And so um, when I got to college, uh, I went in as a journalism major because I, 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 I wanted to tell stories. Um, but I took, a, I took a theater class as an elective and uh, I was working with uh, helping out uh, another student with, the, with their production. And I was I was working with some actors, and and my teacher at the time, professor, um, came up to me in class the next day and said, "Hey, I heard you working with with these actors. Have you ever thought about being a director?" And um, and I hadn't. <laughs> it didn't occur to me that that was something that I could do, and uh, and I think that just kind of opened a pathway for me. You know, it's like, oh, like I I can do this. Like that that yeah, that's right. That's a profession. That's a thing. You can you can do that. It just it right. didn't occur to me. Like it was just it was fun. It was I just kind of enjoyed being in that world. It's funny you you mentioned that you had someone to kind of open the door and almost give you the permission, like, hey, Mark, yeah, you can do this. Yeah. What was that feeling like? Was it kind of like a relief or more inspiring to know that, wow, just here's another opportunity for something that it sounded like you were leaning toward anyways? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I would have pursued it. Other, I, I, If I look back, I, there was something about the affirmation about somebody, I, I think, because I couldn't find the examples of somebody who looked like me, who was like me, doing the thing that I was curious about. I just, I, I think just kind of at that early age, young age, it just didn't, it just didn't occur to me. So I think that somebody gave me the affirmation and said like, oh, like that was, you're, you're good. Like you, you demonstrate an ability was, was helpful. And the, mm -hmm. the, in, the encouragement uh, uh, okay. to pursue it, I think was meaningful. And then it just kind of, it, I, I think where, where, uh, uh, where I, I struggled was, I think I, I think because that happened and it was very positive, I think there was a period of time where I was waiting for more. I was waiting for somebody else to say like, oh yeah, well, yeah. You know, like, like I was waiting for more affirmation and more invitations and more encouragement and they didn't come. Right? <laughs> and so, so at some point, like I, I had to decide for myself, okay, like this is, you don't, you don't need somebody's permission. You don't need yeah. somebody's invitation. You can do this, but it, but it, I'll admit that it, it took me, it took me, uh, you know, it took me a minute to, to get there. That's, that's a very interesting statement that you make, you know, and I'm sure you, like all of us at some point, we, we, we experience that. And it's almost like, well, you, 
you're looking for the encouragement, you're looking for the extra nudge or the, 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 the verification to continue to do this, then you don't always get it. So it's like sometimes you'll, you'll stand still until you get that. But what was it that you knew at whatever part of your journey that you didn't need it? What was that defining moment that you were like, okay, you know what? I can do this and I'm good at it and I enjoy doing it. Do you have a moment like that? It was, it was good. It's kind of came, uh, it was an external thing. It was having a conversation with uh, somebody that, that I kind of, I uh, uh, was working with one of my, my colleagues, my boss at the time. And uh, we were just talking, having lunch one day. And I, I don't know, I must've been kind of going off about something like this. And he said to me, you know, he said, if you want to be a director, all you have to do is direct. Like, that's it. Like, it's that simple. Like, if you want to be a director, direct. You're a director. And, uh, and, and it was something like, I, I knew that it was the, the, the moments in time where I was having the most fun, where I felt most comfortable and confident and, and, thinking like, oh, like I can do this. Where, where things just made sense the most was when I was directing or making art. And so I, I think I just knew inside, like, this is it. And so hearing those words and just kind of knowing what I was feeling, I think was that moment of like, yeah, I just, I just have to do like, like, I don't need permission. I just need to work. I just need to like get out there and just do the thing. And, uh, and so that was, you know, that, that happened, and that, luckily, that happened early on in my career. So, so I didn't, I didn't spend a whole lot of time, kind of, you know, waiting. But uh, okay, but yeah, awesome, awesome. So, let's talk about your your directing journey. What was the one of the first memories of you directing, directing, and <laughs> and what was it? Uh, I think like the first pieces, you know, I think that happened in college. Oh, I, I directed something in high school. Uh, I remember doing that and, uh, it, it would, it was fun. It was a, it was a play called the key exchange. It was like a, a night. We had no business doing this play. Like it was about like <laughs> midlife adults and, you know, like it was just, you know, whatever, but, uh, uh, but, but that that's a play that I chose and uh, and got and, and did that, and then um, uh, and again like it was one of those moments where like I, I just never thought about it, but it made sense. And then when I was in college, like by that point when I was in college, I you know I kind of had that incident happen. I thought that this is what I want to do. The, the, the undergrad that I went to that I eventually graduated from um, really prioritized directing, and it was a, it was a really small liberal arts. Catholic school. So there was like maybe six of us in our like made six theater majors total and, and they emphasized directing. And so, um, so I was able to like actually just like learn and, and try and experiment and, and do things. Uh, and, and I had to direct a thesis production and, uh, and it was this play called Marvin's room that, that, uh, you know, that, uh, that was fun to work on and, and learned a lot. And, you know, and then, uh, and then just kept kept at it, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, from there. But those were those were like two of the earliest pieces that I, that I did. That's awesome. So talk to us, Mark, about um, parallels between community engagement and theater and directing. How do you pull people together, like actors, and how do you 
tie that to uh, community. Is mm-hmm. there a parallel there? There is. I, I, I'll, I'll take a step back and uh, share a quick story. So when I was at, in, in, in undergrad there at the, at the University of Dallas, where the, the, the school has uh, college I went to, the um, we had a research theater companies across the across the the country, and uh, I randomly chose this company called Cornerstone, and uh, and they were at the time they had just relocated to Los Angeles, but they were founded to go and create work with, for, and about people in rural communities across America. And so they would go to small towns in Oregon and West Virginia and Virginia and Kansas, Texas, uh, uh, populations under a thousand, and they would take up residence and they would live there for, you know, six months or so, six to eight months. And they would work with community members to adapt classic plays to do, um, to do them, to set them specifically in that community. So they did, uh, like, uh, there's a play called The Good Person of Sichuan by Bertolt Brecht. They, they adapted it to The Good Person of Long Creek in Long Creek, Oregon. Or they did, uh, the Chekhov play, the three sisters, they did the three sisters of West Virginia. And so they, they made it, they took this, this well-known classic play and then made it about specifically about that community that they were in and community members almost always with no theater experience before were, were actors in the play or helping to build the the production or working backstage. So, so it was community members telling their stories through these adaptations. And when I learned about that, that's when, that's when like the clouds parted and the, the choir of angels came and it all made sense to me because I, I knew that my, mine was never going to be the Broadway commercial theater track. Like I just, I just knew that in my heart. Uh, but I didn't know what, what, what else. Like, like, like I know it's not that, but I don't know what it is. And then I got this example and it made, it made total sense. So, so to get back to your original question, it, it's, I, I'm really curious about how, how we use story, how we use uh, um, imagination and world building and, and bring these tools to different communities and, and make space for those stories to get told. You know, what, what, I've, what I've learned is that if you just ask people questions, you, know, you don't even have to ask deep questions they will go deep. Like it doesn't take much for people to just open up mm-hmm. and just share because like, I think for the most part, we're, we're never asked, like we're, we're never asked to tell our stories. So when somebody does, you, you kind of open up the floodgates and, 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 and people are willing to, to, to share. They're very generous. And there's something, you know, that once you start to do that, you know, the, for me, the things that mattered is that it, there's so much power in making art and, and making sure that, that as many people who, who are curious and want to have the opportunities to do it, mm-hmm. what happens if we add a, in, a, a, a social justice component to it? You know, how, how, how do we, how do we uh, um, tell these stories to to an effect to affect change. Sure, and it, sure. Yeah. 
I, I, I can, you know, hearing you say that, I can imagine, I'm trying to put that picture in my head when you go into these communities or you're an outsider and to gain that level of trust from these folks to open up. But then it sounds as if once you make that connection, now it, it creates this, I don't know, just almost like a, a, a engine to where it's moving. You, you just liberated something and I can, I can only imagine the fulfillment, especially once you make that connection. Is that kind of right? Is that sort of right? Yeah, I think that's exactly what happens. You know, uh, uh, I think I think there's there's a challenge. The, the the only good thing about being the outsider is that you're the outsider. You know, <laughs> it's just, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. You have to build trust. You know, and uh, uh, and that 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 takes work and time. But the the gift of being an outsider is that you're not from there, you know? So like the stakes are a little bit lower, like for you to tell me your story because you don't know me. Like I'm here for a minute. There's not going to be much judgment, you know, like there's, right. there's just, right. it's, it's a little easier, right? Like it, yeah. it's some, it's a little safer. And, sure. and, 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 and as the outsider, you become the excuse to bring people together that wouldn't get together normally. Right? Uh -huh. So, so you disrupt, uh -huh. You disrupt the the ordinary, you know. You you just you, know, you 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 change things up just by that presence. So so it's now like an excuse for people because everybody has very busy lives. Like you become an excuse to kind of take a break, to kind of do something different that you might not have done otherwise. And then so so, and then because it's focused on doing a, a thing of making a play of asking particular types of questions or or getting certain kinds of information, people are having conversations with each other. Like you may know each other, you may know your neighbor, but that doesn't mean you've ever really talked to each other about your upbringing or you've mm -hmm. talked to each other around your, mm -hmm. your values and priorities around affordable housing or that you know kind of how families got to where they are or, you, you know, like, like it, it, and, and once you bring people together and you, you make an invitation to share a story, neighbors start to get to know each other a little bit better and those relationships go a little bit deeper and and you see each other kind of differently oh wow wow I, and i imagine from your lens as a artistic director you're you're utilizing that and what what feeling does that give you and how do you how do you expand on that yeah it's a, it's a gift i mean it, it is it is it is truly a, a People sharing their stories is, is it's a privilege to, to hear them. You know, it, it's like people are just really interesting, and and uh, everyone's life is is an epic tale, and and you get to you get to witness uh, you get to witness that. Uh, um, the 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 challenges are you know then like what do you do with the information, right? Like like the, there's there's power in in there's power for the person to just have shared it, but I think. I think one of the things is that we come in with the promise that we're going to do something with it. And, uh, and so, so, so that's the hard part, right? Because uh, uh, we don't do documentary theater where like everything you say will be put in verbatim into, into, into a theater piece, a performance piece. But instead that, that information, those stories inform a new fictional story. 
So, so, so okay. I, I tried to kind of, it's, it's rare. There's been a couple of instances where it's been pretty direct for the most part. It's more of how does, how does the story that I heard inform the choices that we make in adapting this story or writing this play so that, you know, it becomes an amalgamation of all the stories instead of just, you know, oh, like that's, that's me. That's my life. That's on stage, which, which we try not to do for, for various reasons. Sure. Sure. So that, that, that's a great segue into what I was going to ask you about the challenges after you've cultivated such great community support and engagement and what are some of the challenges in terms of, well, what's next for this community or um, is there a challenge to continue or, or is it just, you know, we're, we're there and after projects complete, that's it. Um, what, what do you see after that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. You know, uh, uh, for most of my career, uh, this work has been kind of one and done. You know, it's like we're going to come in, we're going to do this project and then leave. And, and, and it's, a, it's a hard, it's, you know, I think we try to be really upfront uh, about what that experience is going to be, saying that, that this is going to happen, we're going to do a thing. And then, you know, hopefully we can leave some tools and some capacity so that if you want to keep doing it, you can do it on your own and we can advise and support and help as we can. But, but, but really, you know, anything that happens after this, you all will have to, will have to do. That was, that was most of, that was most of my practice. I, I think in, in recent years, uh, um, I, I, I've, I've, that's not been satisfying because I think that if, if the goal is social change, you can't do that in a one and done. You know, you can't do that as a series of one-offs. You actually have to commit to the repetition. You have to, you have to, you have to remain present. You have to, you have to do something else. Yeah. And, and that's so, so now it's really about like how, how do we maintain relationships? What happens next? You know, like if, if we're doing a, a house, a project on affordable housing, and housing policies as one project, and the next project is about senior housing. We can maintain those relationships and move them over. And if the play after that is about um, uh, indigenous looking at housing through an indigenous lens, you know, we just we just keep scaffolding on top and, and deepening the community, deepening mm-hmm. the the participants, deepening the commitments, and just kind of building coalition in this way, you know? And sure. so, so I think that's, that's kind of where my practice is right now. So that, that brings me to my next uh, question. You recently did a project, um, the, was it the Curious Cardinal? Is uh-huh. that, which, mm-hmm. which was about um, affordable housing or? No, the Curious that? Cardinal was, uh, was a play, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, it was an animated film for young people. So it was for, uh, it was written for K through, I think the target audience was like K through three, K through third okay. grade. And so that was, that was really, that's kind of a, a different kind of project that was really about um, building curiosity, like, like for kids, like, like if, you know, it's like, how do we get young people to just uh, be curious and invite and, and uh, affirm curiosity. And so that, that started off as a, as an animated film that is then translated into a picture book, and in March is going to be a dance piece. 
so so that that story that life just kind of keeps keeps unfolding that's awesome that's mm -hmm. awesome now how how big or how long once you come up with an idea whether it's um theatrical production or short film what is the project duration they vary you know like the, if, if it's a community engaged piece so like I, I did a piece there in atlanta um with it along the buford highway and so that took place that, that took about uh, a year it's a little over a year to be present build relationships gather stories uh figure out what the, what the art wanted to be um, so, so it was about a year of just uh, research and making. And then um, we uh, it didn't get a full production, but it was done uh, uh, at uh, Emory University, uh, produced a, 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 you know, a, a, a workshop production of it that, you know, we had a nice rehearsal period. And, and it was a large play with a cast of, I, I want to say like 26 or so. I mean, there's a lot of people. Um, and so so we got to do that. But but that like, that particular project took... It's just a little over a year uh, uh, to make versus something like the Curious Cardinal, which was really not a community project. That was just of my imagination. Like that took, you know, maybe I think I think we I think that because we were making a, a movie, a film, that took a long time because of just production. You know, like that that what it takes to just kind of make a make a movie. Um, okay. But the, but the okay. writing itself, you know, was was pretty quick. Can now, for a couple of months. Do you have other projects or recent projects that you've done here in Atlanta? Uh, I've got a show running at the Alliance right now called uh, Into the Borough, a Peter Rabbit Tale. And it was a commission from the Alliance to, um, to take the Beatrix Potter characters, Peter Rabbit and, uh, and others, and write a new play uh, based on these characters. And so, uh, so that is running right now. And, and, you know, that, that one's really interesting because it's kind of this hybrid piece. You know, it, it wasn't created with and for community, but, uh, but it definitely, like, I think for me, I it really, I, I'm trying to really focus on issues of social justice, of well being, of, of like, you know, how to be, how to contribute positively, how to take these tools and, and do something good with them. And so the Peter Rabbit one, you know, again, like that, that one's for young, for young audiences, family audiences. Uh, but, but the target audiences are again, the K through four, K through five. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and this particular one, you know, deals with a lot of really complex subject matters. Like it, it, it deals with death, mourning and grieving, it deals with trauma. You know, like Peter Rabbit almost gets killed. Like his father gets killed. He gets, He's he barely escapes his own death, um, and and it's about kind of land and and growing and land distribution and and food, sustainability and uh, and so these really complex things you know but but doing them for for young people, and uh, and so that that you know that that's been really it's been a really great project to to find ways to get you know and to treat these subjects the subject matter to give it the depth, you know, like not assuming that kids are not prepared to, to have these complicated conversations. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, you know, trying to find ways into, into telling these, these 
complex stories. That's interesting. And bringing this, the social aspect into theater and then breaking it down for, you know, young minds, there's, there, there's a good connection there. There's an opportunity to introduce and, and bring something into existence that in, in some regard hadn't been done before. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I'm I'm fairly new to to the world of of theater for young audiences, and so but 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 folks have been telling me that this is this is unusual, that that to to treat complex matters like this seriously, uh, um, is is not a common thing, you know. Uh, and so, um, yeah, and I think like for me, like when it, so so in the in the Peter Rabbit story, it the, the oh, it's in the like the first page. Is Beatrix Potter just really matter of fact? Just says, "Oh, remember your father died and was baked into a pie, so don't go into the garden." And uh, wow. and there's something for me that was just like, it was just so matter of fact, and there's no sentiment. It was just like, "Oh, people die, you know, rabbits die, and you know, don't die, and I'll be back from the grocery store in a little bit, so you know, behave." And uh, and that just stuck with me. And so I, I wanted to unpack that a little bit. You know, uh, I was thinking about the, coming out of this, this COVID, the height of COVID, where a lot of people died. Like it, it was like a lot of young people lost family members. A lot of young people lost friends. You know, a lot of young people lost neighbors. You know, like how... How do we process, how do we just kind of make space to talk about that? And mm-hmm. so, so it, it, my, my mother died when I was five. And so I knew just from my own experience that um, you, 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 you feel all of the feelings, you just don't have the words to mm-hmm. explain them. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't mean that you don't feel them, you just don't, you just literally do not have the words to be able to process it because it's, because you're a child, you know, like you, sure. and so you're, you're kind of stuck in this place where it, it's, it's challenging to, to process the emotions because you don't have emotional competency yet. And so I think what we're, one of the things that we're trying to do with, with this particular piece was how to, how to demonstrate, how to show, ways of building emotional competency, how to, how to show mm-hmm. ways of building resilience to trauma and, and grief, you know, like, like it, you can keep going, you know, you can still feel all the things and keep going in, in healthy ways and positive ways. And, and, and so demonstrating that for, for young people to see, you know, Peter Rabbit is, is a child character. Like he loses his father and, and so, uh, so there's moments where he breaks out. There's moments where he lashes out. There's moments where he's just sad, and and he can still like be happy and do things, and you know, and and so we just try to just show that journey. That's amazing. That that's amazing, and it's not only amazing, but like you mentioned, it's different, but it's helpful. It's something that I'm sure. Um, exists in the lives of so many young people, not just now, but to your point, 
know you, that you've got a personal experience or connection to the subject matter there. So you felt that. And I can only imagine the, the responses that either has already come or will come for, from you taking this approach. Um, have you gotten any feedback yet in terms of, you know, the good or bad? Yeah, I think audiences, I think people are really, really responding very well to it. And I think I, I, uh, 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 the thing that, that surprised me, because you know, I was there for a long time and saw, saw a lot of performances, the thing that surprised me the most is that I think young people, I think people, they, again, like they, they, there's no space to just unpack it. The, the Alliance provides a study guide for teachers and adults and guardians to, to, talk about the piece with, 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 with the audiences. But what struck me the most is that it was visibly impacting the adults who are accompanying the kids to the show. And you would see the adults wiping away tears. And you would see the adults just kind of taking a breath and you know doing some of these things. Because what, what, I, what it was telling me is that adults are also carrying this grief, adults are also carrying this trauma and they're not talking about it. And the play is just so gentle. Like it, it you know, it's written for kids. Like it's, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't trigger it, it, but it, but it, but it does get to all of these things. And I think adults come in thinking, oh, I'm just going to bring my child or my students to see this kids play. And they're, and then next thing you know, like they are, they're processing this thing that, that they've oh, yeah. been holding. There's a, I'm, I'm sure it's therapeutic, yeah. um, and which was probably unexpected. Completely. It, it was not at all expecting that. And then, but the number of instances where that happened was very high. Like, wow. like it was, it happened, it happens more often than not. Yeah, uh, I think for the kids, the, the kids take away, they, you know, they take away a lot of things. Um, there's a lot there for them. And, and, and I think ultimately it's, at the end of the day, like it's just saying like, the way that we get through this is with our community. You know, it's not, it's not the monoculture. It's not, you know, it's not by ourselves. It's like, it's like we, we have to, we have to share the land. We have to be there for one another. We have to help each other through these things. And so it shows friends being there for one another and doing things together and, and listening when somebody just has something that they need to get off their chest or, or when somebody acts out, like not judging them for like this, 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 this kind of a, a burst of emotion or something. Yeah. That, and it just, it's ultimately just kind of, we build that resilience as we build community. Yeah. Oh, that's a powerful statement. That's a very powerful statement. And it's even, it's needed now in society more. Do you see those connects from your work in the theater with uh, plays like this? Do you, do you, is there a sense that there's a shift in what you're doing um, being received in a way that is applicable to all of the social impacts and things that are happening today. I think there is a pathway. I, I, I haven't seen it. I, I see glimpses of things. So I, I think, uh, I think, I think for the young people, 
it 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 feels way more hopeful. Like they're thinking about things. They've been invited at a very young age to see something, to learn something, to talk about something. And I think, I think because it's been introduced at a young age, it will they will carry it with them. You know, like there will be other opportunities to to build on this. I think for adults, it's much harder. So it, you know, like translating any of this thing into policy shift, which is ultimately what what I'm, I'm really interested in. It's it's a slower, longer process because uh, adults are much more cynical. Like they, they, there's a lot more, there's a lot more hesitation, reservation, you know, uh, uh, mistrust. You know, there's a lot more responsibility, and so you you have to manage your time differently, right? And uh, and so I think I think what what I've seen like with adults is as they experience something or as they see how they can apply it to their own work, uh, uh, light bulbs start to go off and curiosities build and, and increase. The challenge is it takes a whole lot of work to get an adult to kind of show up and to try something different to do, you know, the, 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 you know, so it, it's a, it moves slower, but I think the pathways are there. You know, I think the, you know, yeah. the, the impacts like I, I've seen, you know, like uh, in some of the, the, the performances around affordable housing, like I've seen housing department employees now adopt some of these practices into their work. I've seen yeah. audience members come back because they want to learn more information about housing or there's a woman who, who learned about community land trust. She said, Hey, can I, can I leave my house? Like after I die to the community land trust and just like give it to you. And, you know, I, I think, I think people, I think it, I think it's having an impact. It's, it's just, it just moves a little slower. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned a minute ago that you're interested in um, um, law, changing laws. Where, where's the motivation? Yeah, because it's like, so, so for me, I'm interested in, in social justice, right? And, and, and the, the things that are impacting that the things that keep the, the things that that, that uh, allow so much of the injustice to happen are are laws you know like like it is it is a legal and policy system that has that, that enacts a lot of the a lot of the injustice not out of maliciousness but like a lot of it just out of history you know like like if you want to look at at you know the, the our, this housing crisis all you have to do is look at a redlining map and you understand exactly why we're in the mess that we're in, right? You know, and, and it continues. So, so, so it's, it's our laws and policies are actually keeping us from, from social progress, from social justice, from, from justice. And so, so if, we, if, if, if my work really aims to, to address social justice issues, then, then you're going to have to, I'm going to have to, address the laws and policies that allow all these things to happen, that incentivize and enable these things to happen. And so, 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 you know, if, 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 if I'm looking to make change, then I need to, you know, that, that seems like a good place to start. And it's, it's a place to, um, you know, you can hold, I can hold my feet to the fire, you know, I can hold myself accountable because it's something to point to, you know, uh, uh, I think sometimes, 
I think with a lot of art and, and theater, the assumption is that, oh, Greg, you're going to come and you're going to see this piece of theater and it's going to be so moving and impactful that you're going to change. And the reality is that you're not. You had a meaningful experience that you'll remember, but your behavior is your behavior. Like it's not, nothing will change. You're not going to vote differently. You're not going to like do anything. Like it's like you will go back to your life. And so, so I'm really curious, like, how do you start to bake in into the piece itself the opportunities that don't just hope that you will change something in your, in your life, which you likely won't, but build into the art itself an opportunity to do something. And, and part of the, my, my, my kind of theory of change is that if you can do something, you can do something else. So like in the, in the affordable housing piece, there was, um, there's a moment where audience members have to talk to each other about their values and beliefs around affordable housing and kind of their policy desires. And nobody, like, you don't ever have that conversation. Like you have no idea what your neighbor's values are around affordable housing. Like you'll talk about anything except that. Not because like, you know, there's just never a reason to talk about it. But yeah. if you can do that, if you can practice getting words out of your mouth, and if you can, if you suddenly have to like explain something you probably haven't even thought about, like if you can do that once, you can do that again. Like if you can do it to, with a stranger in the context of a performance, you can do it with your cousin as you're watching the football game. Yeah. That's, a, that's an amazing, Mark, because you're using your platform you're using an opportunity to take something that you are really good at but bring in a much needed message around social change and the approach is so different and i i applaud you for that because that's it's it's amazing but it's also an opportunity for you to plant nuggets you know just to you know sow seeds it, it may not be the ultimate change, but you're opening the mindset to a possible change, but doing it in a very, very different way. And that's, that's commendable. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's, we're, we're, we're figuring it out. Like it's definitely in process and, you know, we're, we're learning and learning and, and, uh, and you know, adjusting and, and trying and then trying again, you know, just a lot of, a lot of iterating, but, but I, 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 part of that theory of change, right? Is that if you, if you want to change policy, you have to change culture and, and art can help change culture, like pop, you know, like, like you see it in music, you see it in all these things, right? It's, uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it, um, it, you know, it happens, we can do it. So tell me, Mark, shifting gears just a little bit here, back to you, mm -hmm. where does the motivation come from? Um, I don't, you know, I, uh, I think a lot about my upbringing. I think about, you know, like I, I grew up in, in rural West Texas, like early childhood. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, my, my parents were migrant farm workers. And I think there was a big part of life where I just kind of saw and just lived kind of, um, what, what an unjust society kind of the, the impact of an unjust society. 
you know, of, of like, you know, where we could live or not live or things that we can do or not do or ways that we were treated that others weren't treated. And I, I think, I think that was always just kind of there. And, and, um, uh, and so, so I, I think part of it is like, how, I, I was trying to figure out like, how do you undo it? You know, I think about like the fact that it took me so long to, to be able to just claim that I'm an artist, that I'm a director because the examples weren't there. And just because like it, it, these signals that get sent out that, that kind of tell people it's not for you, you know, the, the, the subtle, the, the subtle things. And, uh, and so I think, I think I just kind of want to undo that. I wanted to go. Yeah push back against that. I want to just like, actually you can, you can do this like, and you should do this and yeah. you know, yeah. and you can. And, and, and looking at, you know, like I said, like, like these policies that, uh, that are that this kind of oppression, racism that is just baked into our laws. Like how do you, you know, we, we can, you know, like you can change policy. <laughs> There's actually not a secret. <laughs> it's, it's it's actually pretty clear, like the mechanisms, the ways that you can do it. We just have to decide that that's what we want to do. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. it. Like we just have to make a choice. We just have to say, like, oh, like we shouldn't do that. Let's change it. But it's yeah, actually and, not beyond what we're able, we're capable of doing. It, exactly. And the more and more we hear. Um, the the desires, the, the the energy around changing policy and social uh, improvement and social justices in different formats, it it has to be paid attention to. And you know, using your platform for storytelling, it's it's another angle for getting the message across. And to your point, you know, it can be done. You know, and it's it's good that you're making that commitment to use your angle and your strings and your platform to do that. Um, that's inspiring. And I'm sure folks that have gone to your plays and seen some of your short film, they get inspired by that. Do you, do you have a memorable moment of something that you've either gotten a review from or someone has told you in person how it's, either change their lives or inspire them in some degree that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, in, uh, uh, back in 2002, uh, in, in the wake of 9-11, we were, I was with the theater company, we were doing, we were doing a, a series of plays around um, faith, with uh, working with faith groups, communities of faith. And um, I was working on a collaboration with Muslim Americans and uh, and again, like this is just after nine eleven, and this was a community that was just under attack. Like it was just, it was a really really dark and difficult time. And uh, and yeah, you know, theater. You know what we discovered is like theater wasn't a, a, a large part of the culture. So 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 there was just we, it, it took it took a lot of conversations to get people to. Um, to want to participate in large part because, you know, they both, it wasn't part of the culture, but it was also in this moment of just such duress and, and attack. Yeah. It just, it seemed like, um, like it didn't seem that important because they were, they were people who were being kind of jumped and attacked and, you know, all these other things happening. 
that making a play just felt like it wasn't needed. But but what we found is that you know we 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 started to have these conversations and we we just like ask people to talk, share their stories, talk about this play, and then people started to get excited about it. And and then we just said like what, what kind of play would you want to see? And it just across the board, people were just like we want to, we want a comedy, like we want to just laugh. We want people to see us as just families. And so we adapted this 1930s classic American, like the quintessential American comedy. It's a play called You Can't Take It With You. And we adapted that and made it uh, Muslim families. And, and suddenly like this quintessential American Americana piece now belongs to Muslim Americans. And, and it's, it was funny and, and uh, really timely, you know, like there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a whole kind of plot moment where the FBI comes barging in and, you know, and in the context of 9-11, like it, it, it was just a very different moment, right? Like it landed differently. It was still completely absurd because you'd spent this time with this family and you knew like how good and loving they are. And suddenly the FBI is there because they think that they're terrorists, right. you know? And so, so, you know, but, but, but the people like after, after that show, like the number of people who, who just appreciated this moment to be seen the way that they wanted to be seen, to kind of have their stories told in a way that wasn't being portrayed, you know, like, by by mainstream media, you know, right or left, yeah. like it was just across yeah. the board. It was just the narrative was yeah. danger, yeah. and 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 you know, the, and so that was just kind of one of those things where, like, what you, what you said, like, there's there's it's therapeutic. There's, it's a bomb that can be healing. It, it's respite. It's fun. Yeah, that that's a, holds a special place for in, in, in my heart. Good, good. Well, Mark, you're, you're definitely making impact and, um, you know, having these conversations with folks like you that are doing things in the world that we live in, but doing it in a different way. It's it's getting attention and it's getting the impact, in my opinion, the impact that's needed in, you know, the communities and uh, the the messaging around social justice and you know just living together and truly operating like a community. Uh, so I, I I'm pleased to have these conversations and I I certainly appreciate you taking time to have a conversation from your lens with you know what you're doing. Where can we find more information about? what you're doing what are any upcoming projects that you're currently working on that we can share with our audience and and, and find you sure uh, a few places uh, uh i have a website so uh mark uh, uh is one place there's a there's part of a company called mark and sparks so it's m-a-r-k-n-s-p-a-r-k-s markandsparks.com is another place and then my home theater here in Minneapolis called Mixblood, uh, so mixblood.com is, uh, you know, three, three different places where you can get some information. Okay. Okay. Well, we're, sh we're certainly going to put that information on our, uh, 
podcast and our social media plat- platforms. Um, and, and talk to us again about the project that's going on right now here in Atlanta. Where can people find more about uh, this project? Sure, that's playing at the Alliance Theater right now. It's a play called Into the Borough. It's a collaboration with the High Museum, so you can go see uh, an exhibit of Beatrix Potter's artwork at the High, and then just cross the the plaza and go into the borough and see uh, this this musical about Peter Rabbit. It runs through December 28th. Uh, There are uh, daytime performances as well as uh, weekend performances. And uh, you can find information at the Alliance Theater website. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mark, thank you so much um, for sharing, you know, everything about your life, about your working on your mission. Um, It's inspiring to me. And that's the reason why I have these conversations on our podcast to talk about, you know, different things that people are doing to make impact. And you're certainly doing that. So I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much, Greg. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. This was fun. And folks, you know, these are the messages that we talk about often on our, on our podcast and episodes. And we encourage all of our listen listeners to explore not only the world of theater, but look at ways that, like Mark is doing, look at theater in a different way. Look at how it's impacting uh, social justice and how the, the small things, I talk about the small things, small impacts, small successes. Those are the things that are important uh, for connecting and, and positive changing in a society that so greatly needs it. So. We appreciate you guys listening to this episode. And Mark, again, thanks for sharing with us. We'll be sure to promote uh, your websites and all of the activities that you're doing. And folks, don't forget to uh, look at different ways to connect with us via our website, our podcast channel, uh, on your favorite and popular podcast platforms. Be sure to listen to this episode and others that will soon to come. Thanks so much, Mark. We appreciate you and uh, much luck and continued success to you. Thank you so much, Greg. You take care. All right. Oh, that was awesome. Cool. Thank you.